Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. It is the first Friday of the regular season, and we have a game on the books, and a crazy one. I mean, Chiefs fans, I'm going to come out right now and just tell you, I did not see this coming from Alex Smith. You know my opinion on him. He played really well. Um, This was a heck of a game to watch. What a way to open things up. I'm going to recap that, and we're going to pick every game um, for the Sunday and Monday slate, too. So, jam-packed Locked On NFL show here. Uh, If you want more detail on Chiefs or Patriots or any of these specific games, check out the the Locked On Chiefs, you know, Locked On, whatever your favorite team is. Let's kind of just start as this game unfolded, my notes chronologically. So, things I noticed on the Pats' first drives were a lot of three-man rushes from Kansas City, and this kept up throughout much of the game, you know, uh, uh, until it was until they truly had the lead and started to unleash it. I mean, they were not coming after Brady at all, and he didn't get hit until very late in this game. Um, I think that was a theme. Um, you know, I read the the Pro Football Focus right up today, and they said something about how Brady held the ball very very long in this game, and the way they connotated it, it seemed like a negative, like wasn't using his short, quick hitting passing attack. Well, I think that's partially true, but there was also a play where he held the ball about 12 seconds, it seemed like, because he had no rush on him at all. Uh, It tends to skew the numbers. But I also think it really hurt the Pats that Edelman was out in this game. And I said that even yesterday on the show in the preview, that uh, I didn't expect Barry to work on Gronkowski as well as he did. They didn't hardly ever throw at Peters. The Chiefs' second and slot corners are questionable. And Amendola is okay. Nothing after the catch, though. He got hurt again. I mean, he seems like he should have retired three years ago. Um, but I think having Amendola would have gone a long way. They didn't use their backs as well as I thought. And Brady didn't play as well as I thought. I mean, I thought Kansas City, it was an interesting game plan, the whole rush three thing. Obviously, it worked in the end. Um, but I'm not sure what the answer is on Brady, obviously. but Or someone would have said that a long time. But they were attacking the slot often. Um, I think it would have been more effective with Edelman than Amendola. And Amendola, again, got hurt. Gillisley with his first touchdown um, on that first drive. Brought back on a solder hold, but then he got in two plays later. I noticed Brady was changing tempo a lot on that opening drive, too. Um, not unexpected. Kind of marched right down the field. Kansas City's first play of the season. I mean, how crazy is this? Kareem Hunt's first career carry, and he had one fumble at Toledo. Nice run, which was a theme throughout the night, and loses a fumble. You know, you could tell he was heartbroken, but give him credit. Give his teammates credit. They pumped him up. Um, Obviously, he came back very strong, for those of you that watched the game. Uh, I I still kept noticing, you know, when, when New England had the ball, I kept writing it like, Boy, they're dropping Justin Houston into coverage a lot, you know. Um, and then there was the play where where Ford jumps off sides. We're talking about the second drive of the game here for 
New England. Four drops off sides. Brady takes a risk. Knows he has nothing to lose. Threads a needle to Gronk. Great catch for a touchdown. But ruled, rightfully so, no catch after Mitchell stripped it there at the end. Still, really impressive play by Brady and especially Gronk. It was like, whoa, you know, that's that's nice. You know, especially when you're the mindset early this game where KC's in trouble, New England's in a roll. Of course, it didn't work out that way. But there's like 10 minutes left in the game, and the Patriots had two touchdowns called back already. Um, uh, and then shortly after, Kansas City stops Gillisley on a fourth and very short, which I would have went for, deep in their own territory. So it's still only 7 nothing. I mean, it very, very easily could have been 14 nothing, and I think we have a totally different game. A couple huge fourth down stops for the Chiefs, fourth and short. Patriots seem like they always get those, and they didn't in this game. I thought that was crucial. Um, so I love that, you know, they're only down 7 nothing. It seems like they're getting beat. It looks like it's trouble. They go right back to Hunt on the second drive, and he looks great. And from there on out, he looked great. I mean, impressive. But we also noticed a lot of third down situations. Kansas City's relying on tricks and third and short things, you know, a lot of misdirections and direct snaps to Kelsey and shovel passes and fluky, smart, don't get me wrong, worked, but I also took it as, at that point in the game, we don't really trust Alex Smith on third and fourth to drop back and deliver a pass into, you know, tight coverage and move the chains. I mean, that's just the way I take it. I mean, when you do those type of things, it usually is a reflection on your quarterback. Um, Hill was lining up all over the formation, jet action in motion all over the place, lined up at running back. So he was a threat, and there's no doubt about that. Like I thought in our preview show, it was pretty clear to me what Belichick's strategy was. And my hunch is he would do it again. And was basically you can kind of double two guys, you know, bracket or some way, shape, or form. And I thought it was Hill and it was Kelsey. And I think Belichick went in there saying, I don't think their running game and Smith can keep up with Tom if I limit, not take away, but if I limit Tyreek and Kelsey. And in a way he was right. And Reed was moving Hill all over the formation to try to get him some space. But, and later in the game, they blew a coverage and he had like an 80 yarder, which... I mean, you can't do that, obviously. You know, you can't blow a coverage on a superstar like Hill. Um, but back to that that drive, I, I was sitting there going, boy, Kansas City's offensive line's playing well. Ended with a nice touchdown by Harris, a second tight end I like a lot too. But kept thinking, boy, a lot of misdirection, a lot of flukiness. Can't rely on bread and butter type stuff at this, this stage. Um, Pats came back with a field goal right after that, make it 10-7, kept the lead. But... At this stage of the game, I'm still thinking Casey's starting to get on the ropes here. You know, because the Pats were running a lot of plays, running the ball really well at this point in the second quarter. I thought Kansas City was wearing down fast. You know, all these guys, and that's going to be a theme in week one, guys, is none of these players have played a full game since last year. I mean, there's going to be fatigue issues all over the NFL. And I thought that was happening to Kansas City in the second quarter there. And I'm like, oh, no. By the fourth quarter, they're going to be gassed and it's going to be trouble. Um, and I also noticed they were not throwing Peter's direction at all. And they really hardly did it all in this game. But then Kansas City has a nice long drive to end the second quarter and end the half. And I thought this was a huge point of the game. They kind of dinked and dunked their way down the field. 
Um, Butler takes that pass interference in the end zone, and then they finish with a hunt short touchdown reception. But just a huge part of the game. It gave the, the defense much-needed rest. And in typical Patriot fashion, Kansas City scores at the end of the half and gets the ball to start the second. I mean, it's like, ooh. You know, all of a sudden, the tides turned, I thought, there. It was like, man, I, I, you know, I thought New England had them on the ropes. We're going to be tired. We're in big trouble. And then they made a Patriot-like move there. Um, I noticed Brady, I don't think, took, got hit once in the first half. I don't think he got hit once. Um, I thought both offenses started slow in the second half. And then on the, the first play of Kansas City's second drive was that Hill play that I talked about, where I think it was easy to blame Gilmore. I mean, it's not easy to watch on just watching TV. But it looked like he passed him off to a safety who wasn't there. And... By all accounts, they were doubling Hill left and right, and this time they didn't even single him, <laughs> and it cost them big. You know, it's like, whoa, that's giant. Just have a note here, Amendola isn't Edelman. He absolutely is not. Um, and then Hightower goes down halfway through the third quarter. They were using him off the edge almost entirely, um, and there really is not an obvious replacement for Hightower on this team or even in the short term. Maybe Van Noy would be that guy, but not the same. I mean, certainly not the same. Um, I'd like to hear more about what's going on with Hightower today. You know, another note I made here, too, was Kansas City's taking way more penalties. I'm thinking on the road in New England, all these penalties that is going to kill you in the end. You know, you're playing a great game, but man, these penalties are going to catch up with you. And then the big one on Mitchell and Cooks in the end zone um, probably would have been a touchdown. It's probably the right call to you know to take it. I think Cooks had him beat. And that was about three minutes left in the third quarter, and Gillisley again plunges into the end zone, gives Pats a lead. Things are looking strong again for the Pats. But, um, it, you know, they hit the, the another bomb to Cooks late in the third quarter, settled for a field goal there. They were up 21-27 at that point. Um, I thought the Pats were winning the special teams battle. These are two teams that are usually really, really good on special teams, well coached. Uh, that was huge versus Hill. And you mix that with the special team or with all the pen, penalties from Kansas City. And I'm like, well, they're in trouble, man. Um, I sent the tweet out last night, and I knew it would stir up some uh, some obvious responses. But... In a football sense, I, I meant it. You know, was I thought Kansas City was using Kelsey a lot like the Pats used to use Aaron Hernandez. You know, I mean, um, and people made some very funny comments and some crude ones, obviously. But uh, anytime you mention Aaron Hernandez, you can get some good responses. But it's kind of what they did with him. They handed the ball, shovel passes to him, quick hitting stuff. Because like Hill, he was getting doubled. And, you know, that's taking away foundation players of that offense. And then in a critical play, Hunt goes, you know, gets gets Marsh recently, you know, recently traded for from Seattle, alone, hits him with a great throw by Alex Smith. You know, he goes like 80 yards. They're up 28-27. Never look back from this part. Smith played really well. I mean, he was really accurate. He was poised. I worry about New England's pass rush still. I didn't see it at all in this game. Um, that was their biggest problem last year. They often rushed three as well, but Smith threw deep. He was accurate at all levels. Maybe the best game I've ever seen him play. I mean, and they said this stat on the the, the television last night was after that, that hunt long one. Kansas City had three drives at that point in the game of 90 yards or longer. 
And they only had one all of last year of over 90 yards. Crazy. So later, and nearly right after that, Kansas City gets another crucial fourth down stop. That's gigantic. Gave Kansas City good field position there. They end up punting on that one. But still, you know, you, you kind of flip the flip the field a little bit. Amendola left the game, possible concussion. Mentioned that earlier. Barry, certainly one of the stories this game, too, was it looked like he was almost entirely in man coverage against Gronk, and he won. And Gronk's great, and Gronk got his, but Barry at least didn't let a, a huge wound just gash. I mean, it, and he played a phenomenal game. And goes off on a cart, and it sounds like he tore his ACL. That stinks, man. That stinks bad, and that could haunt the Chiefs for the year. Um, and then Tyreek leaves with an obvious limp. They said it was a cramp. Hopefully that's all. That would be two unbelievably huge losses for Kansas City. Um, and then late in the game, it looked like you know maybe New England was a tired team. That Nice drive late in the game, the 8 o'clock. Ended with another hunt touchdown, yet another one. He's a fantasy darling right now. Goes up 35-27. Um, and then they started letting Justin Houston... Uh, you know, rush the passer. Whips Cannon a couple times. Um, I know that the they won, but I'm not sure dropping Houston into coverage a high percentage of the time for the first three quarters of the game, especially as good as he looked. I mean, Marcus Cannon's a really good right tackle, and he was whipping up on him late in the game. Maybe he should have done that from the start. Um, and then four minutes left in the game, Hunt rips off another huge run. Off the left tackle. And then, you know, he was tired. West comes in, goes in untouched. At that point, the Pats looked spent and done. They were getting gashed on the ground. Most ever yards against a Belichick coach team and tied for the most points ever allowed by a Belichick coach team with 42. And then they almost got to 44 when Houston almost gets a safety on the sack of Brady. I mean, Houston really, really heated up whenever he was finally allowed to rush the passer, like I said. So, really, really interesting game. And it showed more warts than the Patri- on the Patriots than I expected, especially on defense, run defense, edge pass rush. Edge pass rush was a problem last year, and they don't look any better at all there. And you can only do so much without it. I mean, they obviously got around it last year, but uh, as well as Smith played and Hunt, it cost them. And so Kansas City in the driver's seat got a win that no one no one saw coming. Huge, huge win for the Chiefs. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 and $38 per line per month for five lines with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming streams, you don't HD 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming update, megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network use rules and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features, different coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply. All right, all right, let's move on to the rest of week one. Like I said this year, I'm going to pick every game, and I'm going to pick them against the spread. So, you know, we got my bookie as a sponsor now. Go check them, you know, go place some bets there. Use my code, LONFL. Um, and so we're going to take it from that angle this year. I think you guys will like that. Atlanta minus seven at Chicago. This would, if this was in Atlanta, I think it's a blowout. You know, fast track, defense plays fast. 
I just don't know that that's going to be the case. I wonder if Chicago can be physical enough on offense to sort of control the ball, keep it close, keep Ryan off the field. I think Chicago's defensive front can win the battle against Atlanta's offensive line. I don't, you know, I think that's a possibility. I am going to take Atlanta to win it, though. You know, what do you do about Julio? They do it. They've added Poe. They're fast on defense. Seven's a big number, though. I'm really on the fence on that. But I'll go with Atlanta. I just don't love the idea of them coming on the road first game of the year, winning by two touchdowns or ten points, something like that. I do think they're a little bit overrated in the public eye. And I think Chicago's a little better than we think. But they probably win by seven to ten in that neighborhood. Uh, I don't think I'd put a bunch of money on that one. Eagles go to Redskins, and they're favored by a point. I like Philadelphia in this game. Um, I really like their defense. I think they'll rush the passer well. I think they'll hurry Cousins. I could see Cousins making a mistake or two. I think we'll see Norman on Alshon, which is probably a draw, but I also think they'll struggle to deal with the Zach Ertzes of the world, and I think Wentz will do pretty well against a not-so-great Redskins defense. Um, I, I like the Eagles to win, and I got no problem giving you a point on that one either. Steelers go to Brownies. Um, if you follow me in general, I've been talking this game like crazy, like every week. They're favored by nine. Yeah, I expect the Steelers to win. I, I would imagine the Browns' strategy will be run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take deep shots, attack Joe Hayden. I would think that's a big deal. Uh, another big deal is Miles Garrett's not going to play, which stinks because I want to see him. But I think it's a huge advantage for Pittsburgh that now you can go empty a lot easier. Um, you don't have to worry about much of a pass rush. And for those reasons, I think that Brown and Bryant and Bell all have big days. I don't think that secondary can handle the passing game. And I think the Steelers win by more than nine. And how about this stat? If Ben Roethlisberger wins this game, no quarterback has won more games in that stadium than Big Ben. Right now, he's tied with Derek Anderson. That includes all the Browns quarterbacks. That Ben will be the winningest quarterback in the Browns stadium if he wins tomorrow or on Sunday. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's on both accounts. I mean, especially from Browns quarterback utility, but wow. All right. Staying in the AFC North, the Baltimore Birdies go to the Bengals. Low-scoring game. I would think Dalton's going to take his hits. I think running the ball is going to be tough for the Bengals. But, man, I don't think the Ravens can move the ball. And I don't even think Cincy's defense is all that good. It's just, I'm going to say this for every Ravens game. There's a couple teams. I've said this before. Houston, Denver, Baltimore. Every game script's probably going to be about the same. And if it isn't, they probably don't have any chance to win. Is tough, low-scoring game. Uh, keep it close. Hope you win in the end. Since he's got a lot of firepower, though, and I would think eventually a couple guys get free and make plays, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Um, I got the Bengals to win it, I guess, by more than three. I'm really down on Baltimore right now. Arizona travels to Detroit. They are favored by two on the road. Is this going to be a shootout? Is, is, is that going to be my... When I talk about every Lions game, am I going to say that? Uh, maybe. You know, because I think their defense is really bad. 
And I could see Larry feasting out of the slot. I think David Johnson has a monster game. Carson Palmer does well. Maybe a John Brown or a Nelson scores a 70-yarder. Cardinals D, I would think they could get some pass rush against Greg Robinson. They have some active linebackers, safeties, Matthew Reddick-type guys that I think can handle Abdullah and Ebron and um, Theo and all those guys in the, um, the short passing game, peripheral weapons. Peterson probably will be on Tate a high percentage of the time, I would think. Um, so I'm going to go with Arizona on the road, um, and I think they cover as well. Worst game ever. Jets at Bills. <laughs> Jets are eight-point dogs. They're eight-point dogs against the Bills. That's how bad the Jets are going to be. What are they going to be when they play the Patriots? They're going to be 22-point dogs? Um, it's in Buffalo. I will take the Bills to win. I think McCoy probably has a big game. I don't know if they run away and hide, though. Um Neither of these teams have much firepower. There's not nothing in the way of receivers either way. Taylor's going to play. I would think it's a lot of McCoy, of course. But, geez, eight points? Uh, I think I'll take the Jets plus the points, but that's hard to spit out in my mouth right now. Another 1 o'clock game, a much better 1 o'clock game. Raiders go to Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by a point and a half. I like the Titans here. Um... I have my doubts that Tennessee's D will slow down Carr, Cooper, Crabtree, Killer C's. The Killer C's. How about that? Um, and Cook, the Killer C's. I just came up with that. Probably somebody already beat me to it. But get all that Killer B talk here in Pittsburgh. But the Killer C's. Uh, I don't love the, the, pay, or the, the Titan secondary still. Uh, and I think they can do good things against it. But I really don't like Oakland's defense, and I think they'll have a really hard time with Delaney Walker. I think they'll struggle to stop the run. I, I think Tennessee can either spread you out with a bunch of receivers and attack you that way, or get physical and attack you that way, and I can see both strategies working. I could think Tennessee will probably play pretty slow, try to keep the killer C's off the, off the field. Um, Tennessee at home. I think they get this one, and I and I'll I'll lay the points. Um, it should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that game a lot. Jacksonville travels to Houston, and Houston's favored by six. I'll tell you right now, I will take Jacksonville plus the points because get because Houston's one of these teams like Denver and Baltimore that I don't know they beat anybody by six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I mean, unless their defense scores. I think that the Jacksonville D is quite good. You know, you, Ramsey and those guys are Ramsey and Bouye or should do a number on Hopkins and company. I don't think they'll run well on Jacksonville. Um, I guess they'll win. They're at home. Emotions will be high considering what's going on in the city of Houston. JJ's return. Bortles probably throws a pick or two. Leonard Fournette comes back though, and what if he can have some success on the ground? Grind it out. Keep him ahead of the chains. Low-scoring game. Yeah, I'll take the home team, but I think six is too much here. All right, the late slate plus all the evening games. We've got a lot of them this week. The game of the week, Seattle goes to Green Bay. 
Go check my timeline at Williamson NFL. I wrote a pretty extensive article about what Aaron Rodgers is going to face from a pass rush and coverage standpoint. And of course he can overcome it, but I think Seattle's really, really good. Um, I think Wilson's up for a huge year. I picked him as my league MVP. Of course, that could be A-Rod instead of Wilson as well. Um, Seattle's getting three. I'll gladly take those points. Gladly. They haven't won in Green Bay in a while. Packers are a really good team, but I don't think they'll run the ball well. I think we'll see Sherman a lot on Jordy. I don't know if those other guys can keep up with Wilson and company. I think Graham could have a big day. I don't know how well Seattle will run the ball. Who's even going to be their backs in this game? But I think Baldwin will have a nice day. I think Seattle's better. And I'll take them to win a close one on the road, 30-28 in that neighborhood. But if you're going to give me points, I'll jump all over that for Seattle. The Panthers go to San Fran to battle the Niners. They're giving the Niners six. Um, Week one on the road, cross-country road trip. That doesn't seem like a great recipe. And the Niners did some good things in the preseason. I mean, the, the offense certainly has a structure to it. It has a plan. I love that. Uh, defense shows some playmakers and some front seven talent. I like, like that. There's building blocks in place. But when I did my power ranks, I think the Niners were 30th, and I think the Panthers were like 6th. I think they're way better on both sides of the ball. I mean, way better. I don't think they'll run well. You know, Keekley's going to be all over them. I think KK Short feasts in this game. I think that front seven just devours the Niners just from a talent perspective. I think Cam has a nice day, mixing it around. I think the Panthers win big here. I got no problem giving you six. The G-Men go to Dallas, where the Cowboys will have Ezekiel Elliott. This is a Sunday night game, even though he's suspended for six games, which, odd. Um, the Giants are getting four on the road with Elliott playing. I'm just curious. I don't know a ton about betting, but if Elliott were not playing, would this be a pick I would think. I mean, maybe right in that neighborhood. It seems a little bit... Seems logical. It's a game I think Dallas has to get, you know, because their front, their their first, you know, six weeks or so of the season are a really tough schedule, and you don't have Elliott for the majority of it. You got to get this game, but Giants D is tough. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys have an advantage at the line of scrimmage, but as much as I love, you know, Martin Fredrickson, those guys. Are they moving snacks that well? I mean, that's a tough D-line, man. I don't think Elliott's going to have a lot of room. I think Landon Collins will live in the box and blitzing. They'll trust Jenkins and their corners against Dallas's receivers. Jenkins on Dez, I think that's a really nice matchup. Um, but I think he can hold his own for sure against Dez. Will the pass rush be able to get home to Eli? I don't think. I don't think. Um, and boy, that's a tough day for a young Cowboys secondary. Odell may or may not play, but you still got Marshall, Shepard, Ingram. Uh, I don't know if they'll run the ball well, but I'll definitely, you can give me four points, I'll definitely take the Giants. I mean, I think this is probably a field goal game either way, but I like the matchups in New York's favor and really double down if Odell's playing. Monday Nighter, the first of two, which is a really cool tradition, but that means I get to bed about three in the morning. Um, the Saints go to Minnesota and are getting three on the road. I gladly will take Minnesota to win and I'll give you three. And I don't dislike the Saints, 
but I don't think their D-line and their pass rush can exploit the Vikings O-line. I think Cook can run on those guys consistently. I think they'll struggle with Diggs and Rudolph and Thielen. I think all those guys can put up productive days. And the, the Saints O is phenomenal, but I like Xavier Rhodes more than I like Michael Thomas. Um, the Adrian Peterson revenge game. Could he have a big day? Yeah, he absolutely could have a big day. I think he's have a big year. I have him on all my fantasy teams. I'm, I'm scooping him up. I think he's the back to own there for fantasy. Um, but I think he's Breeze is going to be under a lot of pressure. They have some O-line injuries as well. On the road, tough place to play. I like the Vikes there. Uh, against the spread in without. San Diego going to Denver. That would be a brutal place to play week one, man. I mean... Not only is fatigue going to be an issue for you anyways because you haven't played any football, but now you got to do it in the light air. I wonder what game, you know, week one, even week two, I wonder what Denver's record is at home over the last 10, 20 years. I bet it's phenomenal. That being said, Chargers getting three. I'll take the three. Um, I just wrote an article too, check my timeline, and it's really a game breakdown, but the assignment was Whose edge pass rushers will have the bigger day, Chargers or Broncos? And I went with Chargers, and Shane Ray's hurt, and Shaq Barrett's questionable. Um, and I love Von Miller. But I think there's a lot of factors in the Chargers' favor that helps this be the case. And one of them is Melvin Gordon. Uh, to me, that's the difference in this game. Chargers are better at the quarterback position, and I think their running game is noticeably better. And I think you keep them in... Gordon and a fullback and a tight end, or even Gordon, a fullback and two tight ends, or 12 personnel. Keep the Denver secondary at, at, with just four guys. Keep their base in there. Run the ball a lot and try to isolate Gordon and tight ends, you know, Henry and Gates on their linebackers. And I don't expect it to be a high-scoring game, but I think it's two good defenses. I'm going to favor the better running game and quarterback here. I like San Diego to win, and if you're going to give me three, giddy up. That's a wrap. Fun show. First game, first time picking games. We saw a good one last night. Do me a favor. Spread the word. Locked on NFL. Uh, I am Matt Williamson. See you later. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17